Welcome to Seize Your Midlife, the podcast exclusively for midlife women. I'm your host, Bree Schumacher. We are going to dive into all the things from health and hormones to beauty and wellness. We'll be asking the question, what's my midlife purpose? And what am I going to do with the rest of my life? We'll also be interviewing women who've taken leaps or made U-turns in midlife. This conversation is going to be engaging, sometimes educational, a little bit funny, and always real. It is my sincere hope that you find your midlife purpose and lead your most fulfilling life. So join us on this journey to seize your midlife. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Seize Your Midlife. I am so glad you are here today. Okay, so today's episode, I am going to be talking about how to stay chill at the holidays. And I'm going to be using the word Christmas because that's what I celebrate and what my experience is, but I celebrate all of you and all of your traditions Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is, and I'm sure that this time is busy for you too, so feel free to pop out the word Christmas and pop in the holiday that you celebrate. I think any way you look at it, this is a crazy busy time, and I want to give you some tips on how to get through this time and stay chill. I think chill Christmas is a little bit of an oxymoron, but I don't think it has to be, or at least partially doesn't have to be. So I am kind of doing today's episode, how do you say it, like off the cuff. I don't have a lot of notes. I literally have like five words on a piece of paper. But as I was driving home from our Thanksgiving trip, I was thinking about Christmas and how complicated it can be for people, for all of us, especially women, moms, and how much I love Christmas. And so I wanted to share some of my tips on how to stay chill and be joyful at Christmas. And I think the first thing to just kind of point out is that our generation, most of us listening to this, our Generation X people. We are Generation X. And that generation, we are known to be kind of the do-it-all generation. We were the first generation to say, we're going to get the career. We're going to climb up the corporate ladder. We're going to get married. We're going to have kids. We're going to have a perfect house. We're going to have a perfect you know, life, all of these things and do it all. And yet our responsibilities at home never really lessened. And so it's kind of known that our generation is ultra-stressed more than any generation around us because of that do-it-all mentality. And I think that that just trickles right into the holidays of like, we want to make the most magic. We want to have the best food. We want to all of the things. But I think sometimes we have to take a step back and say, what do we want Christmas to feel like instead of what do we want it to look like. So that goes perfectly into my first tip, which is what brings you joy at Christmas? What really inspires the spirit of Christmas for you 
And let's be really intentional about doing things that light that fire inside you. So for me, I love Christmas music, especially live music, carolers, and all of the things. So I am going to be really intentional about making sure that I get to listen to Christmas music live. And I think whatever it is for you, don't just say, this is the thing. Actually go out and find the thing. So in your area, you can use Eventbrite. You can use your local newsletters. Like in Charlotte, it's Axios is really great or Charlotte on the Cheap. Back in the Milwaukee area, I loved Lake Country Family Fun. Always had great holiday things, activities. But you can just Google in your area you know, if it is music, Christmas music, plus and the name of your town. A lot of churches and choruses and places like that are out giving free concerts, kids, high schools, you know, that kind of stuff. And if Christmas music isn't your thing, what is your thing? I have so many things on my calendar. Literally this week, it's like a maze because like a map of all the things I want to do. There's a live nativity at one of the churches, and I love that because I think it really kind of sparks what this season is about for my children. There are, you know, so many great opportunities to take your kids to go see Santa if you still have little kids. So think about, and even if you need to close your eyes and be like, gosh, when I think back on Christmas, what brought me joy? What reminded me of this season and what can I do more of to feel that? And then be intentional. That was the other piece. Be intentional and write it down and put it on the calendar. We are going next week with a couple of friends to one of those domes. And I just feel like that's kind of the magic of Christmas, you know, the being in there with the sparkly lights and drinking a Prosecco and, you know, just evergreens and all the things. So think about what that is for you. And then on the flip side of that, say no. And I hate to say this, but I think part of what really overwhelms people at this time is just feeling like, oh my gosh, there's a million things. And so, you know, if you get invited to a cookie exchange and you're like me and you hate baking, say no. Or be like, hey, I don't bake, but can I show up at the end so that I can say hi to everybody? You know, whatever it is. Or if you are a mom of a younger child and you, you know, always did the thing of being the room mom and you just feel so overwhelmed this year doing that, then say no. You know, if there's too many gatherings in one weekend and you are somebody that is drained by those gatherings, say no. You really need to protect yourself and your spirit during this time and make it fun. You guys, I love Christmas. I always have. I kind of think of myself as like a little Mrs. Claus, like a little short Mrs. Claus. I love Christmas and I try to bring the spirit of Christmas out in everyone because I know not everybody loves Christmas the way that I do. My birthday is actually December 20th. So I kind of look at it as like, it is the celebratory month. I just love everything about it. And when I was a little girl, this is just like a fun side story. I would save my $5 lunch allowance 
for the months, months leading up to Christmas so that I could buy gifts for people. I just love giving giving, giving, giving at Christmas because it feels so good. And that kind of leads me to my next point, which is about giving presents. And I just think it's actually kind of sad what Christmas has become in this country. I can't really speak for what it is in other countries, but I think as Americans, it has become so commercial. And It always has been from the time that I can remember being a little kid. Do you guys remember Cabbage Patch dolls and when they were hard to find and there were literally moms like punching each other and pushing over Cabbage Patch dolls that people couldn't find at Toys R Us? You know, it's just, it's crazy and it's been crazy. But I think, let's think about how it can be less crazy when it comes to presents. And my biggest tip there is to give meaningful presents more than anything. I think so often now we're like, oh, give the Amazon gift card or the Target gift card or, you know, the cash. And I do think that there is something to be said about everyone needs a Target gift card. Everyone needs an Amazon gift card. Everybody could use cash. Yes, yes, yes. But is that really what the spirit of Christmas has become? I don't know. I don't think so. I think I think that's well, I should say. I think that's what it's become. Do I think that's what it should be? I don't. I think that Christmas and the gift giving at Christmas should be about the person you're buying the gift for and what made you think about that person. So one of the things that I like to do and I think, you know, it's probably too late for this by the time you hear this episode it's going to be too late for this, but I think put it in the back of your mind for next year is that I kind of throughout the year really keep my eye on what, you know, if I see something does this remind me of a certain person? Um, you know, when I'm traveling to the different countries, I will literally have a drawer that I put in like cool jewelry or, you know, tapestries, whatever it is that I see, great coffee from the coffee regions, and I keep it in a drawer that I can gift at Christmas because I've thought of the person in real time. And if I can't buy something, but I see something like, oh, I see that this concert's coming for sale or, you know, this cool fishing cooler for my husband, I will, you know, cut it out and I even have a folder or you can put it in your notes of like, I thought of this thing so that you are not running around from the day after Thanksgiving until Christmas Eve, trying to scramble to buy presents that sometimes are kind of meaningless. They're just something that you can give. And a lot of times giving out of obligation. But if you give something with meaning, the feeling of I thought of you specifically, gosh, it feels so different to give that kind of gift. The anticipation of watching somebody open a gift that you know is perfect for them feels different, hits different. So a couple of the things that I like to do is use Etsy or one of the photo sites like Shutterfly where you can give something that's specifically curated for the person. Oh my gosh, Etsy, the options are limitless. There are so many cool special ornaments you can get even makeup bags that say things. If there's a saying that you love, you can type the saying into Etsy and I'm sure you will find, you know, 500 different products. It is such a cool site to give a really unique gift. The other thing is experiences. 
So, you know, can you give an experience? Because I don't know about you, but when I think about Christmas and presents, yeah, there are some things that I would like to get throughout the year that I'm like, hey, if you're, you know, thinking about it, I'd like this thing. But not many that I remember. And I'm sure that's the case for you too. But experiences you remember. So last year, my sister gave Andy and I a brewery tour in Charlotte. And, you know, we had been newer to this area. And honestly, that's like one of the only things I remember from Christmas. Sorry to anyone that bought me an actual present, but I have a really great memory of going and checking out these new breweries. And we actually went back to one of them because when we went, we were like, this is such a cool spot we would have never noticed. So thinking about is there an experience you can gift and food tours, cooking classes, escape rooms, there's even like indoor mini golf. You know, there's so many things that you can give that are experiences that just will like the gift that keeps on giving, right? But of course, then there are those gifts too that are for the person that is like something they love. Or maybe you know someone's going on a trip and you get them a really cool passport holder. You know, think about that. Think about the gift that the person is going to remember. I think that that is so important. And then the next thing is I think for people, you know, I've told you guys before, my mom was a single mom for many years. And she told me the other day because I I mentioned to her – I think it was actually yesterday, actually, that I was going to be doing this episode on how to say chill at Christmas. And she said to this day, when she sees the Christmas decorations come out at the stores, that she has like a visceral reaction of instantly feeling anxiety and stress. Because as a single mom all those years, being able to pay for Christmas is so overwhelming. And I have friends that I know that this is overwhelming and stressful for them because they want to create the magic, but they don't have the money. And I think the amount of money that people go into debt for Christmas is sad. And I don't think really that our kids would want that for us even. So with that being said, I think make a list of all the people that you want to give a gift to or that you feel like you should give a gift to, right? There's like everyone. I mean, I feel like these days we give gifts to the garbage man and the post office and the bus driver and the, you know, the teacher and the teacher's helper. And I mean, there's so many people. So write all the people that in your big wish you could give presents to. And then I think go through the list and say, gosh, is there any way I can trim this list? And I know that sounds like Scrooge-ish, Grinch-ish. It's not. It's not meant to be because I told you I am the spirit of Christmas. I am Mrs. Claus. I would give gifts to everyone and their mother and their sister and their like 10 kids. I love giving presents. But there is not enough time and there is not enough money. And if you don't protect that spirit, then the real spirit of Christmas, which is one of joy and fun, will get lost under the heaviness of the stress and the overwhelm and whatever of all the things you need to buy. So trim the list. And if you have someone on your list, like a friend, that you guys have given each other presents since you were in fifth grade and you feel like, gosh, 
you know, I've always given her the present. Is there any way you can reach out to the friend and say, hey, this year, can we do something together instead? After Christmas, let's set up a lunch. Let's go out for a drink and let's talk about things because, gosh, that means so much more than sending something through the mail or showing up with an ornament or whatever it is. My high school friends and I have this beautiful tradition of Secret Santa that we have done since we were in high school, but it's a gift exchange. Every year we get a different person, and I love, love that, but it is a one gift and one ornament we send, and then usually we pick a charity to donate to. I love that piece as well because I think the spirit of Christmas, and I'm going to talk more about that later, is about the spirit of giving, but we're not individually buying presents for all four of us. We're buying presents for that one person. And then you really think about what is it about that person or what did they say this year that I want to honor? So I'm not saying cut those things off your list. Those things bring you joy. They bring me joy. That's what I'm talking about, paying attention to what sparks joy, what makes you feel good, and what feels like a burden. The other thing is with your kids. Okay, you guys, I know that when we think about Christmas, we want to have all the presents. We want our kids to walk out on Christmas morning and go, ah, and you guys, I grew up, I've told you like 400 times, so I'm sorry that I'm telling you again that I did not grow up with money. So throughout the year, I did not get new shoes. I did not get new clothes. I didn't get money. There was none of that throughout the year. So Christmas was like, oh my gosh, I loved Christmas because it was the one day that there was so much abundance, like walking out and there being mountains of presents under our tree, truly like as a kid that was, that truly was magical. But my kids now, they get new shoes and clothes and they get you know, experiences. They get things all year round. So just take stock of where you are at with your kids and your family. And if it is the case that your kids get things year round because your financial situation has changed or is sturdy, then think about, hey, can we do maybe an experience together? Can we do one big gift and then some smaller gifts so that you don't feel burdened and stressed out by the time and trying to like, oh my gosh, all of these presents that need to be purchased. And if you don't have a lot of money, don't spend a lot of money. I remember when my oldest son figured out that there was no Santa and we were Santa and he literally was in the backseat. He's like, mom, oh my gosh, all that money. I cannot believe it. He was literally in tears because he could not believe all the money that we had spent. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It is true. As parents, we make so much sacrifice to create the magic. But now that my two older kids know there isn't Santa, I really feel like I can say to them, hey, guys, we're doing this at Christmas or you got this thing and it's kind of a big thing. So when you open your other presents, try not to be disappointed that they're not going to be huge because there is this one, you know, big thing that you're getting. So kind of setting the stage. And if your kids are little and they still do believe in Santa, 
my goodness, the opening is like half the joy. So just take all the presents and put them in lots of different things. And just sidebar, if you hate wrapping the way that I do, go to the Dollar Tree or the Dollar Store and buy lots of gift bags that you can reuse year after year and put things in gift bags because it is so much less stressful than wrapping. Oh my gosh, I have this just so many years of memories. I hosted Christmas Eve for 14 years before we moved down here. And one of the things is that after the kids went to sleep, my family would literally set up like a, I don't know, a a line, like we were elves, wrapping all my kids' presents. I mean, I would literally wait till Christmas Eve. This is somebody who buys Christmas presents year-round, waiting until Christmas Eve to wrap the presents and roping in my family at 10 o'clock at night to do it. I can't even tell you, but that is just how much I hate wrapping presents. So I'm trying to get better at that. I'm trying to get better at that. And gift bags, gift bags, reusable bags. <laughs> Those, That is the way to go. Okay. So the next thing with gifts, you know, like I said, the experiences make such great gifts, but also traditions. Do you guys have traditions? Because traditions tend to be also what people remember from Christmas, from their childhood Christmases and the holidays. And so if you don't have a tradition yet, make this the year that you start one. I have so many, probably because I'm a lover of Christmas, if I haven't told you already on this episode, but from my childhood, it's interesting. So Thanksgiving, my family, we would always go to the zoo. My mom was one of six kids, and so when she was a little girl, my grandpa would take all the six kids to the zoo while my grandma made Thanksgiving dinner all by herself, which part of me is like, oh my gosh, my poor grandma cooking by herself. But then the other part of me is like, oh, my grandma, she was smart. She was like, get out of here. And she was happily by herself cooking, listening to Christmas music, hopefully. I'll have to ask her. But I love that tradition. And when I think back to being a kid, I have so many good memories of being like bundled up at the Brookfield Zoo outside of Chicago with my family. And we carried that tradition on. My own kids have even gone to the zoo on Thanksgiving. And I know I'm talking about Thanksgiving on a Christmas episode, but it's one of those traditions that stands out during the holidays. And I think the zoos are, most zoos are open year round. And that is a really cool tradition. I'm sharing it with you. But maybe it's ice skating. I don't know what it is, but make sure you have a tradition because that's what your kids and your family, that's what you're going to remember. So when my stepdad came into the picture, when I was in fifth grade, he brought the tradition of fondue on Christmas Eve. You guys, I don't remember a single present that I got from like fifth grade to I don't know, senior year of high school. Do I remember a single present? I mean, I don't think so. But I remember Christmas Eve doing fondue. And what a cool thing it was. My mom did, I don't know if you've been to the melting pot, 
But she would do like the whole thing. So we would start with the cheese course, you know, where you dip bread and apples and things into it. Then the next would be the oil and we would make shrimp and filet mignon and potatoes and vegetables. And then she would have all these little awesome dipping sauces. And then the third course would be chocolate fondue and we would dip in pound cake and strawberries. And I love this tradition that Belle, my stepdad, brought to our family because it's such a beautiful memory. I remember it being kind of dark and all of us sitting around this low table with candles and just super magical. And I just love a tradition. So after my, you know, I grew up, my parents actually divorced. So we haven't had fondue as a tradition. I mean, now that I'm saying it out loud, I should probably bring it back. Or maybe you should bring it into your family because it is a really kick booty tradition. But I did develop a lot of other traditions with my own family. Like I said, I hosted Christmas Eve for 14 years. Favorite day of the flipping year. Yes, love. Okay, so why did I love it so much? And what can you do to make sure you love it so much? Okay, one is, like I said, the gifts that mean something. Feeling so good about what I'm handing over to people. Like, yay, yay, yay. I don't care if I get a single thing. That's how I feel about the giving because every gift is meaningful. Number two, we did this gift exchange. Okay, this is killing two birds with one stone. Listen to this. If you have lots of siblings, nieces and nephews, like a gazillion people on your list, this year say, hey, listen, can we do a gift exchange? Can we do a gift exchange where we bring in the parents, we bring in the siblings, heck, maybe even the kids, the nieces and nephews have their own gift exchange. Okay, my family brought this out. I don't know if it was 14 years ago, probably, when I started hosting. Best idea on the planet. First of all, you know, it took off a lot of financial stress from the family of having to buy for all the siblings and the parents and just all of that. But also it created this super, super fun tradition and feel free to steal it. Or if you have something like this, because I've told people and a lot of people have something like this, share it with me. I'd love to hear it. But what we would do is we would bring a gift, one gift wrapped gender neutral. It wasn't like a crappy white elephant gift. It was a nice gift, but some sometimes a funny gift. And then we would pick numbers. And you know, number one would pick from the pile of wrapped gifts, and they would open their gift. Everyone would watch. The second person that got number two would go, and they could either steal number one's gift or pick a new gift. And it would go on like that. And one year, for some reason, you know, I'm not good at math. (laughs) I may have told you guys this before. For some reason in my mind, I count all the people coming, and I'm like, oh, I need an extra gift. So I bought two gifts. And everyone's like, free. Like, that doesn't even make sense. But because I love our tradition, every year thereafter, so 13 more years, I would bring two gifts. And on one of the numbers, let's say it was the number six, there would be a star. That would mean you were the person that got two gifts. So that was kind of a fun thing. But what really made the gift exchange so fun and so funny was the banter. The banter. So we would typically, because my kids, you know, were of the age where they they still are of the age where they best be in bed at 9 p.m. So we would put the kids to sleep and then the adults would gather around and we would do the gift exchange. And 
My husband, Andy, is like a little boy at Christmas, okay? He doesn't want the experiences. <laughs> He's not like me in that regard. He literally said to me, I think the first year we were married, like, best get me a lot of presents. Like, the man loves Christmas presents. I think this has tapered off over the years, but when we first started doing the gift exchange, this was still going strong. And Bill, my stepdad, notoriously loved to give like the trick present. Like he would always put like rocks and things or, you know, a small present in a giant box. Well, somehow, even though Andy and I had been together for a long time, he doesn't like remember this. So he sees the gifts that are out, you know, on the floor and there's this big gift that Bill is the one that brought it. And he's like, that's that's the one I want. And it looks like a big box. Like it's a big box, all wrapped nice. And he opens it up. And inside is a gift certificate for a flock of geese for a family in Africa somewhere. And Andy looks at this and he's like, what? What is this? This is not a gift. And he like throws the gift certificate up in the air and oh, crickets, silence. Everyone stares with like bug eyes for a second. And then everybody just erupts into laughter and like falls off their chairs laughing so hard that this was Andy's reaction. Like, I don't want to help this family out. I want a present. So it became this kind of joke of like what you were going to give and what you were going to get. And especially between my brother and Andy, you know, there was always just shenanigans and laughter. This, you guys, is probably the thing I miss most about hosting Christmas Eve is that time with my family. And the only reason why I remember some of the presents is because of the just silly banter. Like one of the gifts one year was this, again, it was a bill special. It was an M&M blanket, like this giant M&M blanket. And my mom got this giant M&M blanket. And we're all like, oh, God, oh, geez. Well, somehow my kids have inherited that blanket. And Drake sleeps with that blanket every night. Every night he sleeps with that darn M&M blanket that actually ended up being kind of an awesome gift. So think about what tradition that you can start and really make the focus of fun and beauty at Christmas because that's what makes the difference, okay? So, and I want to come back to talking about like traditions and ideas because I have a couple other things, but I want to just go back to what else made Christmas Eve so fun for me to host because I think if you are somebody that is hosting, this is a great like way for you to be like, okay, what can I do differently because I dread it because it's stressful. One is I always had my house cleaned like the day before or a couple days before so that the cleaning piece wasn't a stressor. And if you're not somebody that normally gets your house clean, can you make a exception? Can you just like set aside the money this year? You know, from the, the people that you cut from your list earlier, can you set aside um, money so that you can do that? Because it does take so much off of the burden of hosting. And if not, if you can't afford it, if you can't find somebody you need to ask for help from your family. I think so often as women, as moms, we just do the thing. We make the house shiny and bright and everyone just, you know, walks into it and enjoys it and doesn't even think about what went into it. So ask for help. Say, hey, listen, guys, 
We are going to be having 25 people here. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And you're going to do this so that everyone's doing it and that the burden does not fall on you. So for me, it was getting my house clean. So my house was clean. So that was not like an issue with hosting. But also, I cooked what I felt like cooking, what brought me joy and made me happy and made me excited about hosting. So one of the things that I would make every year, which is like still to this day, everyone's like it's their favorite thing, is I have this big Himalayan salt block that I would wrap in saran wrap and put out on our porch because we lived in Wisconsin, so it would get super icy and cold. And then I have this famous shrimp recipe that I would put on top of it, and it was this chilled shrimp scampi. And everybody devours it. Over the years, I had to like add pounds to it because everybody devours it. And I make it every year. And it brings me joy because people are like clamoring over it. They love it. And so that's fun. Sidebar, if you want the recipe, send me a DM. I'll send it to you. It's not a secret recipe. It's just a really great appetizer and you'll be the like the favorite of the party. Okay. The other thing with the cooking is that I would, you know, If I had an idea, like one year I was like, we're having all Mexican. Another year I was like, we're having all Italian. And then over the years I realized like sitting down and doing a big meal, one, ended up being a lot of stress and work for me, but two, ended up kind of like, ugh, we're like taking this time when I want everybody to be up having fun and like mingling and listening to the Christmas music and talking with each other. So I started just doing – all appetizers. And I made things that were fun to me. And I made every year usually a lot of the same things. But sometimes I would have something on the side, like I would make hot Italian beef in the crock pot that people could have too. So think about what it is that if you are hosting, you can make that you actually like making. I know that there is a tradition of doing like the fancy, you know, the turkey or the roast beef or the, I don't know, what else do people have on Thanksgiving? The ham. But if like you don't like making those things and you are hosting, by all means, you have permission to make what you want. And if you're like, oh, but my mom, she expects that there's a ham. Okay, my mom's not like that. But if your mom is, then say, hey, mom, this year, listen, I'm doing appetizers. Can you bring the ham? And that brings me to the next piece, which is if you are hosting, by all means, ask people to help you and tell them exactly how you need help. People a lot of times are super happy to help. They just don't know the best way to help. I know for one, I loved making all my little signature appetizers and things. I didn't want everyone to bring a ton of stuff, but I loved that my mom would bring like make the little um, mini hot dogs wrapped in crescent rolls. I would never make that as an appetizer. My kids loved that my mom brought those every year. So, you know, that was something that I loved that she brought because I wouldn't have made those or that my brother and sister-in-law would come with lots of desserts. I'm not a dessert person. So I love that piece too. So ask for help. Ask for help. Okay. And then going back to like more food talk, more food talk because Christmas is so much about eating, right? Is if you are going to somebody's house, of course you're going to be like, I want to bring something. But I think we typically will say, can I bring something or what should I bring? Okay, you guys, a lot of times people will say, oh, bring a dessert. No, like I am palm in my hand emoji when people say bring a dessert. I literally, I don't bake. 
In fact, back in the day when I used to host dinner parties with Andy and I would make a dessert because it felt like it was something like obligatory at a dinner party, Andy would be like, yeah, I know everything was amazing up until this point, but the dessert is 50-50. And like I did not even take insult by this because the dessert is 50-50 because I don't follow instructions. And a lot of times with desserts, baking, you have to follow instructions. Yeah, not good at that. And I don't like it. It feels like a burden. And the whole purpose of this episode is for you to find ways that Christmas and the obligations and all the things that come around with it don't feel like burdens. So don't say, hey, what can I bring? Because you know what? Somebody might say to you, bring the mashed potatoes. And you're like, oh my God, I don't want to do the boiling and the peeling and the mashing and the whatever. Don't say that. Instead say, hey, I'm going to bring – One of my awesome salads because, you guys, I make a really good salad and I make a great appetizer. So I'll bring a salad and I'm going to bring an appetizer. And just say what you want to bring, something that you actually feel excited to bring, that you're like, okay. And if you are like, no, I don't cook or I am beyond overwhelmed because I work a nine-to-five, I've got three kids in sports, I am literally – I have no time. I'm literally working up until Christmas Eve. Then say, hey, listen, I am going to bring the dinner rolls and I'm going to bring a red wine and a white wine. You say what for you is going to be the least amount of stress. Okay, so I think I've talked enough about the food, but gosh, the food is important. And if you like have the time and you don't have things that you're excited about cooking right now, like do a little dive into some recipes and find one that you feel excited about. Okay, switching gears and going back to talking about traditions and things that you can do to help you spark joy and feel excited about Christmas. Okay, I love doing little things with my kids. Like Andy does not care one bit about decorating for Christmas. This year, in fact, he was like, we're not going to get a tree this year. No, dude, we're getting a tree. We're getting a tree because it's important to me and it's important to the kids. And we have a real tree every year and I love the smell and we are getting a tree, okay? But I just am like, I'm not going to be like, hey, listen, come decorate the tree. I mean, I want Mr. and Mrs. Claus and all the elves there decorating the tree. I don't want the Grinch there decorating the tree. No, I'm just kidding. Andy is not a Grinch about Christmas, but he just doesn't really – love that piece. So I am so happy that he ties the Christmas tree onto the top of the car and he sets it up. And then the kids and I put on our Christmas music and we decorate the tree and it brings so much joy. So make it work within your family, but don't let go of traditions that are important to you. Okay. I also, over the years, would make a hot cocoa bar with the kids. This is something super fun that you can do that's not expensive. You can literally use like the Swiss mix as the base. And then I always would get the things from like Marshalls or Home Goods, but they have so many fun like candy cane straws, like real, like actual candy canes, and like colorful sprinkles and you know, all these different fun snowflake marshmallows. And I would put out this whole bar and then make homemade whipped cream. And the kids and I would line up and get them all set. And that is such a fun tradition. Again, something that I want my kids down the road to remember. And then just driving around, looking at Christmas lights. 
I mean, again, not to throw Andy under the bus, he doesn't also do the lights. And we live in a neighborhood where people like pay to have their lights professionally done. So everybody's got like these nice fancy lights. And I'm laughing right now because it's just it's just classic. And it's kind of like even when my family would come to Christmas Eve, they would be like, oh, geez, Andy's light special because he would get the the kind that you like plug in and they shine in your house and like give the little twinkles and or like the deer, you know, that move their heads up and down. And then the classic would be just like throw the lights onto the bushes and they're just like a just a tingle. So, I mean, I kind of love it because I kind of love that like, yeah, this is the thing. This is our house. Like, you know, this year I don't even think there's going to be lights, but I love lights. So we are going to drive around and we're going to look at the lights and we're going to listen to Christmas music ad nauseum like because I love it because it brings me joy and you guys get in the car and don't complain and ooh and ah and all the things over looking at the Christmas lights but like on the flip side of that don't feel the obligation to do the big thing the thing that everybody's doing if the Christmas parade is too crowded and it like brings you stress don't go to the Christmas parade or go to like the one three towns over that's a super small town that you could find a parking spot and like it's going to be easy. And (laughs) like if you see something and everyone's like, this is the light display and you've got to see it, know your tolerance, know yourself, ask yourself, "Is, is doing this thing going to spark joy in me or is it going to drain me? So the day after Thanksgiving, my sister was visiting us here and it was our first time in Charlotte this time of year. And I had seen that there were Christmas lights at the Motor Speedway, you know, which is like where NASCAR drives, right? And I'm like, oh, that sounds so cool. Do you guys want to do that? And they're all like, yes, yeah, great. I mean, I don't – okay, probably they were not that enthusiastic, but I I was that enthusiastic. (laughs) So anyways, uh, we get in the car. I got the tickets. I got just like the regular general tickets, you guys, for – Hours later, we were still in line and we were like trapped, trapped behind all these cars. Like at one point, we had to like get out and like run to the porta potties because we were in the car so long and we did not know that this was going to be the case. And literally, total nightmare. We ended up like going through the McDonald's drive through at midnight when we had planned on like going for a nice dinner. It was a nightmare. It drained me. I thought for sure Andy was going to never allow us to do another like Christmas thing again because it was such a nightmare. And so know the activity. Know the activity. Know what you are getting into. And if it is going to be a disaster with everybody whining, is it worth it? this was not worth it. This was hellacious. It was like the opposite of what I was looking for. Where is on the flip side, last year, my realtor down at the beach got us tickets for this Brook Green Gardens. Um, They do this like, it's all like candles and it's a huge outdoor space. So it wasn't crowded. It was super organized, super magical. It was beautiful. I feel like everybody was like, okay, we can do lights again. (laughs) So know your activity, know yourself, ask your question to yourself, is this going to burden me or is this going to spark joy? And stand strong in that. The final thing that I want to say is that if you are somebody that celebrates Christmas for this actual reason of Christmas, find ways to remind yourself and your kids what that is because when things get 
hard at Christmas when they get stressful, when your family might be crazy or your kids are going bananas because they ate like 5,000 Christmas cookies. Whatever it is, you can be like spirit of Christmas. Okay. And so, you know, going to see the live nativity, I love that. It just brings an opportunity for me to talk to my kids. I love that. I loved our tradition of going to Christmas Eve and the candlelight service where the last song, they would turn off all the lights and we would hold candles and sing Silent Night, like warmed my heart. I need to find something like that here. I haven't figured that out yet. But like love so much, so about the spirit of Christmas. And maybe for you, it's that your family, you know, you don't go to a church and that's not the thing for you, but maybe it's that you serve in some way that you help, you sponsor another family. Um, we did that a couple years and it, again, warms your heart. It makes you feel so good. So think about what you can do to really just conjure the spirit of Christmas and of giving that will fill your heart that's not handing over a gift card that does not feel the same. And then the last thing, which I think is maybe the most important thing. So if you have hung in here with me for 45 minutes, like bless your heart. And I don't mean that in like the snotty Southern way. I mean that like in the true sense of the word, but hopefully you're getting something from this episode so that when you end it, you can be like, I'm doing things different. I'm trimming down the list of people. I'm going to give experiences. I'm going to give less gifts that mean more. I'm going to find traditions that is what people are going to remember. I'm going to make what I want to make and I'm not going to be like forced to make the turkey that I hate making, that you are going to change your mindset so that Christmas becomes to you like it is for me, which is a time that I'm so excited and I can't wait to do all the things. Like send me to all the Christmas tree farms with like the hot cocoa and I'm the happiest girl on the planet. And if you want to come and hang out with me, I will get you in the spirit. I promise you I will give you a cranberry and like champagne cocktail and we're going to have the best time ever. But the final thing is to laugh and to take care of yourself. So you are going to be busy. It is inevitable, I think, right? But still get out and exercise. Still get out and be outside as much as you can. If you live somewhere cold, even if it's that you walk, you know, around the block, get outside, move your body. And I hate to say this, but like don't throw in the towel when it comes to like eating healthy and taking care of yourself. I know there are so many treats, temptations, all the things at this time of year. And by all means, like eat the thing, whatever it is for you. Like last night, Andy busted out the pimento cheese. Okay. Like this is a Southern thing that is something I wish no one had introduced me to because it's so addictive. I'm going to eat the pimento cheese. I'm just maybe not going to eat the entire container. And I have a really bad habit of like standing in front of the appetizer table. Does anyone else? But I heard that people gain, I think it's like eight pounds between Thanksgiving and New Year's or Christmas. One of the two, I can't remember. It must be New Year's. That's crazy. That's crazy. And it's because you just like totally throw in the towel. And then the truth is then you get to New Year's and you really need that New Year's resolution because you threw in the towel. Don't throw in the towel. Eat the things, indulge, have fun, but just don't go bananas. You will thank me later. 
And then the last thing that I said before is laugh. For me, it's the Christmas rom-coms. Oh my God, I love them. I love the ones that I watch with my kids and like the elves, Christmas switch, you know, those those ones. But I also love the adult ones. My gosh, I could watch Bad Moms Christmas every day and still think it's like hysterical for Christmases. Yes, please. So find the thing that's going to make you laugh and going to remind you to make this time fun. Christmas is fun. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. I hope this was helpful. I am sending you all of the sparkly lights, cheesy Christmas movies, hot cocoa brimming with sparkles and snowflake marshmallows and all of it. I'm sending all of it your way because I want you to find magic and spirit and joy this Christmas. I am, as always, rooting for you. And thanks so much for listening. Can you tell a friend about the podcast? Can you make sure that you're subscribed? That's huge. And if you have a second, which, I mean, my gosh, you're busy. So maybe I should just say, like, at the new year, give a rating or review. It means so much. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great day and a great lead up to the best holiday of the year. Merry Christmas. Oh, oh, oh.